In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Drop down dew from above, you heavens, and let the clouds rain down the just one. Let the earth be opened and bring forth the Savior. The image of the Holy Spirit coming down like dew reveals to us how God is so precise in his timing when he approaches us and how. He doesn't overpower us like a, like a thunderstorm, but he comes down like the dew that will only be taken up if we are completely receptive. And once we've done that, it's not meant just for us, but it's meant to put us on a mission for the good of others. Yesterday was my brother's birthday. I won't tell you how ridiculously old he is, but he has been ordained 28 years. I've only been ordained 20. I'm just getting started. And um, he and I have a policy of mutually assured destruction. It's where if he tells a story about me, then I tell a story about him. But there's one story about me that he likes to tell, but he thinks it's embarrassing. So when he tells it, I know he did at Christendom College, where he's the college chaplain a few weeks ago. He uh, disguised my identity. This is what happened. When I was still a little kid, I think I was two or three, he, he claims I was four or five years old, but not, no matter. Apparently, I was still using baby bottles. Um, apparently, it was already, you know, gangsters already were drinking out of baby bottles. So uh, the family found that to be quite embarrassing. So um, they came up with a scheme, and this is how it went down. The doorbell rang. Everyone knew not to answer it. So I went up and opened the door, and there was Santa Claus. Santa Claus told me that there was a newborn baby up the road that had no baby bottles. Would I be willing to share my baby bottles with the newborn baby? So I ran upstairs. And I remember it took some effort to hop up onto the kitchen Counter, so I, I, I think I was I was two or three. Grab, open up the kitchen cabinet, grab all the bottles, run down back to the front door, and hand them off to Santa Claus, and that was it. No more, no more baby bottles in the Pollard household. I think they waited about ten or fifteen years to tell me that I had been duped. <laughs> but the timing was right, and. And the, it, the, in order for it to work, it had to, it had to f- find this person in a completely receptive mood and, and willing to act promptly. And it wasn't just, a part of the promptness was that it wasn't just about that person, right? But it's about something far more important. This fourth Sunday of Advent is like a mini feast of the Annunciation. Uh, the, the, the gospel readings for year A, B, and C are all about the, the Blessed Virgin Mary conceiving, especially year B with the, the gospel reading of the Annunciation in St. Luke. This year C is the continuation of that reading in St. Luke where we see what immediately happened afterwards. But before we get there, it's, it's worth understanding why this this 
entrance antiphon from Isaiah 45, which I write about in the column today, is so appropriate. The Holy Spirit comes down like a dew. Mary's not being overpowered. She's not being forced into this. She's completely receptive. And that immediately goes, not just immediately responds well, but immediately goes on her mission. It's also worth pointing out that the, the, the Holy Spirit being compared to the dew also should remind us that, that we have a limited amount of time to respond. What did not happen was Mary waiting minutes or hours or days. At some point, the angel would have left because no response is a response. When we know that God is prompting us to do something, it's not something that necessarily will be there another time. It might be, but it might not. We we should never tell God to wait because we have something more important to do. Christ reminds us of that in so many different ways. If you noticed our praying the Angelus, which is our daily, or three times daily, meditation on the Incarnation, the first mystery of the Rosary, the Annunciation, when we, especially during these Masses without an opening hymn, when we pray the Angelus on the way in, we're reminded of this dialogue between the angel Gabriel and Mary, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And then we pray, right? Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, and so on. That was today's opening prayer. If you heard, and I, I don't fault you if you didn't notice. I, I won't even fault you if you don't know what your name is right now. But if you heard the opening prayer, it was that exact same prayer that we had just done two minutes earlier. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, made by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection. So this mission that we're about to go on is participating in the passion and the cross of Jesus. We've not just been given a message and responded well, but now we are on a mission. I think that's a good way to approach the next few days. If, 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 if Christmas dinner is, is approached as the thing that is supposed to be perfect, it's supposed to be just like I've always wanted it to be, or it's supposed to be just like it always was, and everyone just better be nice, then it won't go well. Most of us, or at least some of us, have, a, have something rather unpleasant awaiting us on Christmas Day, and we know it. Getting everyone together is quite difficult. So if we approach it as the thing that I hope it's happy, it's bound not to be. But if we approach it as I'm being sent there on a mission, that changes everything. And the mission might be, I'm not going to be a jerk. Or the mission could be, I'm going to um, apologize to somebody. Or the mission is going to be, I'm going to try to mend a bridge or I'm going to try to help repair a bridge between others. 
or I'm gonna I'm gonna be on alert for a particular problem that might come up, and I'm gonna try to head that off at the pass, or maybe a particular th- conversation thread that really shouldn't be permitted to unfold in front of everybody. I'll be ready to redirect that. Or there could be something really good to share, or some good news to talk about, or something that um, will help everybody. If we, if, we're, if we know that we're being sent on a mission, and if we know that the mission involves the passion and cross of Jesus, and, and, if, and if we're not trying to solve all the problems of the world, but realize that God's sending us on a, on a specific mission, Then it, then it might be the best Christmas ever. So we ask the Lord to, to make us like the Blessed Virgin Mary, to till our soil and, and <clears throat> cleanse us of sin. In her case, he kept her from sin from the first moment of her conception but to prepare us to become the bearers of Christ as we will be once we receive Holy Communion. Jesus Christ will be inside of us. And not just for our benefit, but for the sake of the salvation of souls so that Christ can be brought into the world. And he sends us with a message. Might be a message of peace, of joy. Might be a message of faith. A message to be willing to tell people why we still believe and why we still go to church. Or or a message of caution to try to save people from from sin, from harming themselves. But it's God's message, it's not our message. So send us, Lord, as you sent the Blessed Virgin Mary to care for others, to help them come closer to heaven. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.